Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show, brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. I am Zach. You can find me on Twitter at BarnburnerBro. And tonight we have a guest with us. Uh, Jackson Frank, uh, writing at a lot of different places, a step back, dime up rocks, Liberty Ballers, and also owner of his own Patreon page where he does breakdowns on NBA draft prospects. Jackson, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Last week, you wrote an article that, uh, as a Grizzlies fan, it was a pleasure to read, of course. Uh, You talked a lot about some of the moves that Zach Kleiman has done uh, over the past year uh, year or so that he's been kind of running the basketball operations for the Grizzlies. Uh, a lot of the darlings that he's added to the team, some sneaky moves uh, that he's done, kind of dating back even to Brandon Clark. I know you said uh, you had him pretty high on your board. What are some things that you expect to see from him from him this year? Uh, after a really efficient rookie season where you know he was one of the better performing rookies really a steal in the draft i think a lot would say last year what are you looking for from him this season yeah i'd, I'd be curious to see if he can handle a little bigger workload um to an extent and see if he can maintain that really impressive efficiency and then i'm also curious where exactly he lands as a as a shooter from deep you know obviously that was one of the things that a lot of people that were Fans of his pre-draft had confidence in, despite the kind of the, the ugly numbers and some of the form. And obviously, I think he shot about 36% this year on not super high volume, but was also solid from the free throw line. So I'd be curious to see if maybe he could um, take a leap as a shooter, not necessarily in efficiency, just higher volume. Um, so that'd be kind of what I'm curious. And then if he can continue to kind of improve as a rim protector and add some strength, I thought, um, you know, he was a pretty solid kind of secondary help side rim protector, but there were some times where he didn't have lack of strength for a, for a four or even small ball five um, really hindered him at times because he just doesn't quite have that, that bulk and that strength. You get pushed, pushed from the basket sometimes. So that would be kind of where I'm most curious to see if he can take strides. Um, but everybody think he slots in really well. He's a nice complimentary player. Um, it's just about, about kind of building on some of the, the skills he's already shown and, and really taking another step forward to maybe become a, a starting level player more than just kind of a, a role player like he was last year. Yeah, and I think that he could get that opportunity with Jaron Jackson Jr. going to be out to start the season. 
Taylor Jenkins may decide to throw Brandon Clark in there. Sample size was pretty small last year in games that he started, and he didn't do, didn't perform super well. Uh, didn't translate the type of numbers that he had coming off the bench, where he was very good. But I think as you know, kind of that first round pick, Memphis would like for him to be a starting caliber player. So hopefully, we'll get to see some of that this year, and hopefully, he is making those strides that uh, we're looking to see. Uh, let's talk about some more guys as Zach Kleiman has kind of craftily added to the team. Uh, D'Anthony Melton, big guy. Memphis fans love him. He's a guy that just kind of our, uh, our color commentator here on the, lo- the regional network calls him Mr. Do Something. He's, he's just everywhere, kind of wreaks havoc, uh, kind of the secondary ball handler on our uh, bench unit. Jack of all trades, kind of doing a lot of different stuff out there, helping the team. Um, just signed a new contract with the Grizzlies and really looking to make an impact. Uh, what do you think of his game? Yeah, I think, you know, I think that was a really savvy pickup last offseason. Um, I think long term, you know, the hope with him should be to kind of grow into that, that complimentary guard next to, next to Jaw. I know it was a little undersized, but Milton is a really good. Um, plus wingspan, I don't remember exactly what it is, but he's definitely someone who can guard up a little bit. Um, so this year, you know, you, you've got to hope that eventually he can become a good shooter. Um, he really seemed to kind of streamline his mechanics in that year that he um, didn't play. You know, he was in college for two years at USC, but only played one of them. I think there was an FBI investigation that um, took that sidelined him for the entirety of his sophomore year. So um, really took strides there with his jumper mechanics. Um, cause I think that's long-term going to be how he kind of maybe outplays the steal that he just signed um, as if he can become a nice become a nice complimentary floor spacer because he already has the other tools to be a really um useful guard next to jaw he's a really good decision maker um just sound and keeping the offense humming where his jaw obviously is an incredible passer and a lot more daring and in embracing of risk which is what he should be but at the same time you know you need a need someone who's a little more um risk averse next to him and then obviously melton's a very very good on ball defender for a guard um can play up he's really good at um, creating turnovers um, is really good at that kind of poke from behind steal, even if guys get behind him or in front of them, excuse me, um, and kind of creating transition opportunities that way. But the big thing for me would just be to see um, if he can kind of finally become someone who stretches the floor from deep um, because I think he has all the other tools to be a really, really nice secondary guard next to, next to John Morant. I think one big thing that you mentioned there, his uh, on-ball defense, one guy who is very dear to every – Grizzlies fans heart and has played a huge role in any success this franchise has had is Tony Allen uh, the grind father so Grizzlies fans are always kind of searching for that next guy who can kind of embody him that you know the gritty player who not afraid to get in the weeds and get the job done and maybe not in the prettiest way and I think fans may see a little bit of that in Milton and that's one reason that uh, everyone likes him so much here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Tony Allen, I mean, just incredible, incredible defender, um, especially for a guy who was 6'4". Um, the impact he's able to have on the perimeter and things he's able to do was incredible. So, yeah, I could definitely see why someone like Melton would, would resonate um, with Grizzlies fans after, you know, kind of shifting away from that grit and grind um, era, someone who can kind of harken back to that, that ideology, one of the fan favorites from that, that era. Um, I can definitely understand why Melton – is someone fans gravitate toward and people should gravitate toward him because he's a, he's already a good rotation player and um, only 22 years old. So you got to hope that he can kind of yeah. build and, and you know, 
had had compound skills to become an even better even better player and um, hopefully be in Memphis for for a long time and kind of lead them back to another another era where playoffs are the expectation and the result every year. Yeah, if he could just shoot it all better than Tony Allen, that would just make the world difference, I think, for us. Because there were, it was very easy in the playoffs to game plan uh, against Tony, just complete inability to hit from the outside. So hopefully Melton um, seems to have the promise that he will you know, exceed Tony's uh, ability in that arena. Uh, also, if you can tell me more about a few guys that we've seen a little bit of. We, John Conchar, fans are already, you know, we have this like get jitty. I, I forget where it comes from, but he's already got his own kind of cult following fan Twitter account. And then another guy that Grizzlies fans have not seen take the floor at all and hasn't played basketball in a while, Jonte Porter. If you can kind of enlighten us a little bit on what those two guys bring to the table. Yeah. So Jonte Porter, especially is one guy that, um, you know, has just had a, a lot of bad injury luck. You know, he, he tore his ACL, I think twice in the span of a year, um, but a really impressive um, passer for a man moves really well in the perimeter. Last time we saw him play, smart team defender, um, good shooter, um, has an ability to both you know sp- space the floor, but also attack off the catch, attack closeouts, and make passes based off that. Um, so just a guy, if he's able to stay healthy and the injuries don't betray him, um, a really useful cog is someone who can space the floor, make quick decisions as a passer. Um, switch a little bit. You know, I don't know exactly what his mobility is going to look like. Um, it's so tough to know at this point. Um, but the last time we did see him in college, he was really good and nimble mover for a big man and a smart defender. Um, Contra is just a guy who I, I you know, I, I don't want to use these, you know, he just makes it seem to make things happen. Um, yeah. But he does. He's an incredibly smart player, especially off the ball. Um, just knows where to be and how, you know, he's well positioned as an off-ball defender to get deflections or steals. Um, and it's just a smart cutter, smart, smart overall player, someone who, you know, I think fits into this general vision that the Grizzlies have had under the new leadership of finding guys who can excel off the ball without the ball in their hands and just to make an impact. And I think that's kind of what, what Conchar can do. And, you know, didn't play a ton last year, you know, about 200 minutes or so, but I think, you know, the hope would be that he can kind of, continue to be one of those guys who um, is just someone who's a smart cutter, a smart play finisher, can space the floor to an adequate degree, and also just someone who you can count on to, to be well positioned and play sound defense off the ball and occasionally force force some turnovers and force some plays because I think like, he does really have, he does have really nice team defense instincts, um, something I always kind of popped for watching him this past year. So um, just someone you can home kind of slot in as maybe a, a smallish wing but someone can play the two or the three occasionally. I think – Hopefully he can fall into that category that Chris Vernon always talks about of guys that don't suck. Like if you just have a lot of guys on your roster that don't suck, that goes a really long way towards winning games when you can go deep on your bench, when you're playing back-to-backs or on this particular schedule that uh, Memphis and I'm sure most teams have coming up where they're playing essentially every other day. Uh, You're going to get worn down. Guys are going to get hurt just to be able to reach back into your lineup bring those guys up and, you know, not lose, not a, not completely fall off a cliff. Uh, I think that, that hopefully will, you know, will go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I think in contra, like I said, he's a guy who was a really good shooter in college, almost 42% across four years um, at Purdue, Fort Wayne. 
um, averaged two steals across for So just a guy that you can confidently, you know, I mean, assuming he translates to a small school, but assuming he can translate to the NBA level, um, a guy you can expect to space the floor well and, and make things happen defensively, as I mentioned, and um, do so without dominating much much usage. Because I do think there is, you know, kind of as I mentioned, value in a in guys who, who don't suck because you ideally you have your cornerstones um, right. in Jaron Jackson and John Morant. So you just need good rotation players, good, you know, good complimentary starters. I think um, Contra is a guy who, four minutes this year, you know, what you saw from him in college is, is a guy who can do that, who's not going to need to demand the ball ever, can still make an impact with his team defense and his, his floor spacing. Yep, and uh, let, let's talk a little bit about the guys that uh, Memphis drafted this year. So went into draft night, didn't really know, as a fan, didn't really know what to expect to too much didn't have super high hopes just had the one draft pick going in in the second round and then to come out with uh several guys who were high on a lot of people's boards uh without having to give up too much seems like you know pretty sneaky moves by Kleiman took advantage of a couple situations um made a couple moves and to also get uh Killian Tilly on that two-way contract uh, what do you like most about Desmond Bain? That's a guy that uh, Memphis fans are already gravitating to just through his social media, uh, his attitude. He just seems to really be already on board with the culture that Kleiman and everyone's trying to build, kind of falling in place with the guys, you know, with the young team that Memphis has. What do you like most about Desmond Bain to start with? Yeah, I mean, Bain's a guy that I was really, really high on. I think I had him in my... I had him right around the end of my lottery and then kind of that mid-teens, 14 to 16 range. Um, you know, first off, obviously, you had, like, incredible shooter and not just someone who maybe the numbers exaggerate how good he is. Like, he he shot off movement, he shot off the dribble, shot from well beyond the three-point line, is awesome setting up screens with footwork. And, but like, I can't, I can't count them how many times I, you know, watched him over his past few years where he would just completely leave defenders in the dust because he would fake a screen one fake using a screen one way and then dart back around the other one and get wide open jumpers. Um, and so I, I, when I wrote about him maybe seven months ago or six months ago, one of the things I talked about is, you know, there are different ways you can create advantages offensively. Obviously the easiest one is just being your man off the dribble. Something you see obviously John Morant do a lot, but another one is because Bain's an elite shooter, he's so good at using screens and he got, he gets open so much that you have to guard, like someone else has to get, get on him if he, if he loses his defender. So I like that a lot. I like the steps he took for as a passer in his senior year, um, became a really solid pick and roll player. Um, so he's someone that I think you can, if you're not going to run the entire offense through jaw, you can expect Baines or, you know, be capable of running some pick and roll, especially got pretty good as a live dribble passer, um, hitting corners with skip passes and whatnot. And then just a really smart team defender too. Um, if it seems like everyone that I'm mentioning, um, it's a smart team defender because that's it's true. All these guys, that, um, the Grizzlies have brought in recently through the draft or two-way contract, whatever, are just sm- smart players who don't need to command ball, and they also are able to, you know, insul- insulate maybe some of Jaws' deficiencies. And I know Jaron struggles this past year um, off the ball, being a little late with some rotations. Um, and the Grizzlies seem to realize that they're bringing in guys who you know can make plays off the ball defensively, and that's something Bain does really well too, um, both on the interior and on the perimeter. So. Um, just a really well-rounded, high-level um, role player is really what you're getting with Desmond Bain. Um, elite shooter in a variety of ways. Um, plays screens really well, can pass the ball well for his role. 
um, isn't someone you're going to have to worry about defensively because he's strong, a little slow, a little slower laterally too, um, which is just a really nice player who can slot in next to, to Jaron Jackson and John Moran and, and find a way to, to craft an impact. And honestly, what Memphis has been needing for as long as I can remember is that knockdown three-point shooter. Try to multitude of people. Uh, Jaron Jackson might be one of the closest we've had to it. Uh, since in the recent memory, at least, but to have a wing player who can do that, you know, that, that just makes a lot of people happy. And I think, like you said, opens up a ton for Morant to create uh, on the offense. And that's just a really big piece that Memphis has been needing. So for uh, Kleiman to reach down, make that move up, trade up for the second year in a row to get a guy like that, uh, an experienced guy who played, uh, four years in college, that kind of seems to be his M.O. for filling out the roster or getting some of those vet- young veterans in, I guess you could say. Also, you got the star cornerstones who are younger, but also some guys with the four years of college to help uh, provide a little bit of mentorship there. Uh, that seems to kind of be a strategy that he's utilizing. Uh, another guy that played a few years in college, uh, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson's boy. Like, I I didn't realize until after the draft that they're like really boys. Jaron was best man in Tillman's wedding, uh, so they're real close. And he, you know, Killian Tilly also bros with Brandon Clark, played together. So a lot of uh, former teammates playing together. Of course, we got half the Duke team on the <laughs> roster as well right now. But what can Grizzlies fans expect from Tillman uh, at the NBA level? Yeah, so the big thing with him is, you know, at least offensively, he's – Probably, you know, him or Obi Toppin were the best passing big men in this class. Um, mm. And what makes him so good is he's incredibly quick to make him too. Um, I think that's really important for role players is, you know, when he sets a screen and he rolls to the basket, he's not taking four seconds and then hitting the open corner shooter. He, it's really quick decisions. He's incredibly quick and snappy with his, his um, decisions. And then also offensively, he's like an incredible screener. I think sometimes that can go under you don't want to overvalue that because you can learn the art of screen setting, but um, really, really incredible screener. I think he's Josh and playing with him. Josh can have so much fun getting downhill off of Xavier Tillman screens um, because he just eats up players with his, um, with his strength and the way he sets screens. And he's, he understands um, when to re-screen if the, if the angle is correct, um, is good about instinctively screening too. You know, if, even there's not a pick and roll call, maybe he'll, he'll slip out to the wing. It's a little flare screen for someone in the corner to free him up. Um, and then defensively, a, a very timely and, and smart defender, a really good post defender too. Um, the Big Ten had a lot of really impressive post scorers this past year, and he basically mm-hmm. demolished all of them at one point or another. Luca Garza is looking like the best player in college basketball right now, um, and he and Xavier Tillman just ate him up at times last year when the Iowa and Michigan State played. Um, his issue, though, is he doesn't really have any vertical explosion. He can't really jump quickly off the ground, um, and he has he has a good wingspan for a side. He's about seven two or seven one and a half. Um, but a little undersized for a center. And then obviously the big question mark is, can he become a viable shooter um, from deep? I think he can. He had, I wrote about him maybe a month ago or like a couple of days before the draft. And um, I think one of the things his issue is he has really, really prominent, like he bends his wrist back a little too far, I think. But I think that's a really correctable, um, really correctable flaw that you know, the right shooting coach can kind of work around or work with. Um, but yeah, Xavier Tillman's a really, really good player. And I think, Again, he fits in alongside these kind of ball-dominant cornerstones of John, Jaron. I'm just going to make life easier for those guys on both ends with his screen setting, his quick decision-making, and his high IQ passing, and then 
I think he's just a really sound team defender and someone you can rely on to, to again, get get the job done and um, just make things happen and, and make life simpler on both ends for guys. And I think we'll, we will get to see pretty quickly what, you know, where he fits into the puzzle for Memphis uh, with Gorgie Jang on an expiring contract. You probably don't expect to see him uh, on the team the entire year. Uh, you probably don't see him get that much run anyway, just because Memphis has other guys that they're going to be trying to add into the rotation and kind of see where they fit, uh, whether it be Tillman or otherwise. Uh, and then uh, see how guys can work with around Valanciunas uh, and have a backup for him on that second unit and see how he and Clark, you know, kind of play together to start with. But I think it will be interesting to see that. And then also uh, Killian Tilly. So that's a guy that, I mean, looking at on paper and some of the tape on him, I know he's had a lot of injury issues, but how excited or not excited, temper my expectations. What should we kind of see from him uh if he stays healthy i guess is the caveat yeah i mean if he stays healthy there's i mean no reason to temper expectations with him for the most part I mean, obviously that's a big if um but he's a really really good player when healthy um he's kind of the he was basically i think the jante porter of this this draft in the sense that you know if he's a if he's healthy he's a top 10 guy top 14 guy um jante's advantage was he's a lot younger than till he was when they entered the draft um, but similar ideas there is if they're healthy, they should be able to provide impact. Tilly is one of the best, if not the best, shooting big man in this class. Um, shot over 40% for his career at Gonzaga. Um, really, really good um, pick and pop big man, especially like he's really good transition off of the screen to get to his spots as a spot as a floor spacer off of pick and pops. Um, can shoot a little off motion, not like something you're not like someone you're running off of a bunch of screens, like even Desmond Bain or Gary Redick or. Um, Duncan Robinson, but um, someone, you know, let's say you're running a pick and roll with, you know, Valanchunas and Jaw and, and until he's on the weak side, he can kind of lift up um, pretty quickly and, and rotate to the wing and be someone can get that shot off quickly. Um, doesn't really quick release too, doesn't have to dip the ball. You know, some guys, you know, when they cap, they have to dip it and then come up, he can shoot kind of from his chin to his neck level. Um, and then he's a very good passer too, not as good as Tillman or um, top him, but I think he's one of the one of the best passing big men in this class. Um, really good in kind of working high low actions, especially Gonzaga ran a lot of high low stuff um, when he was awesome there. Um, it was kind of a bummer that he was injured so much, especially his junior year that we didn't really get to see him and Clark play together because they do fit yeah. really well conceivably. Um, this really smart passer and, and shooter um, paired with a dominant lob threat in Clark. Um, so hopefully you can get some some, some minutes for together with them. Um, but yeah, and then defensively is a pretty good mover, someone you can switch on to. Um, has lost some of his perimeter mobility as his lower body injuries have kind of piled up in recent years, but still pretty good, especially for a big man. Um, smart team defender again, too, especially on here. Has really good, strong, quick hands, um, making plays happen, whether it's deflection, a block, or a steal. Um, so yeah, I mean, if it sounds like he's a really good player, people listen to this because he is. He just has, has had a lot of troublesome injuries, whether it's ankle, knees, um, had a hip injury his sophomore year. Um, so it's just a matter of him being able to stay healthy. Hopefully an NBA training regimen can kind of work and address some of those issues. Um, but if he's healthy, like there, he is someone who could return top 15, top 20 value in this class pretty comfortably. Yeah. I think the, the, the pickup of him is a very low risk, uh, high reward situation. So something for fans to be pretty excited about, especially, you know, with, um, 
a lot of times the two-way guys, at least that we've had, have you know, not really panned out to anything or they're people you've never heard of. To, so to have a not necessarily a household name, but someone who you know has that lottery talent type potential, you know, on your roster is basically a freebie. Uh, that's a pretty pretty nice thing to have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Some 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 teams use um, two ways for different reasons. Um, I think it seems kind of weird to say, but the Grizzlies did at least with with Tilly did use one on a very good basketball player who'd become part of the rotation. I don't think every franchise does that for one reason or another. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, you, like you mentioned, low risk, high reward sure, because he's someone who could be a, you know, maybe a low end starter at best and, you know, kind of his middling outcome if he stays healthy is just as a nice, solid um, bench big man who can space the floor and make quick sound passes too and isn't a liability defensively unless, you know, keep touching back to it. But like that's, that's kind of why I wrote that piece because there's a clear connective theme with a lot of these young guys that um, the Grizzlies are accumulating. It's just they can work off of the franchise cornerstone and they're smart on both ends and um, have clearly definable skills that kind of slot in nicely next to John Jaron. Yeah, absolutely. So moving a little bit towards the future. So Memphis, depending on who you ask, they're fighting or not fighting or contending for a playoff spot in the loaded West. Um, so there, you know, there's definitely a potential that Memphis could slide into the lottery this year uh, in this in next year's upcoming draft. Who are some guys that Memphis fans should kind of start keeping an eye on, whether college or overseas, that uh, that you're really you know, watching? I know Cade Cunningham is a real big name. Uh, Jalen Green, some guys like that that are, people are already very familiar with. But who are a few other guys that you would recommend keeping a, an eye on? Yeah, so I think, you know, some of the top guys, um, you know, mentioned Cade, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley from USC is, a, is another big-time player, center from USC, um, Jalen Suggs at Gonzaga, he's a point guard, kind of a combo guard, um, another really good player. But I think if you're kind of looking at guys, maybe Memphis fans, should could kind of keep an eye on throughout the year that should be available, you know, assuming they're maybe either in the, the mid-teens or, you know, kind of the late lottery if they miss the playoffs, so. Because I do think they have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't think it's a lock, but I do think, you know, kind of in that 11 to 16 range, 17 range is where they'll probably end up. Um, guys I like because I think they still kind of need that that bigger wing or that longer wing to slot in long term. Um, obviously, Melton and Desmond Bain, you'd hope can kind of maybe either one of them can be the two starting two next to job, but I don't think either one's someone you want playing the three um, in, in a very effective playoff. So someone like Moses Moody from Arkansas. Um, is a really nice player, really nice off-ball scorer. He's a really awesome shooter, really smart team defender, good length, good mobility at about 6'6". Six, six. Um, just a really good off-ball scorer. He's a size that he can space the floor really well. Um, pretty solid passer, attacking on the move. Um, just someone who, again, you know, fits this theme of doesn't need a high usage offensively to, to forge an impact, but um, can really make the, the, the most of the touch he does get. And you're already seeing that in the few games he's played at Arkansas. Um, hasn't handled the ball a ton, but um, is playing pretty well because he's a smart, smart and decisive player, whether it's, you know, quickly shooting around the catch or attacking to get into the lane, finding an open man when he does attack. Um, he's one guy. Another one is Keontae Johnson. He's a kind of a, he might maybe be more of a two guard, but he's a, he's a really, really strong and burly wing from Florida. Um, really, he's a pretty good um, floor spacer, really, really talented slasher and finisher. Um, quick vertical leaper can finish the rim well. Pretty solid passer on the move. 
Um, maybe not, like I mentioned, maybe not quite a full-time three. Um, I don't have his wingspan on the top of my head, but I think he's someone you can play there at times because of his strength and his ability to finish to the, at the rim. Um, those are a couple of guys I think make sense. Um, someone like Josh Christopher, I don't necessarily know if he aligns with um, Memphis' vision, but he's a really talented scorer and tough shot maker. Um, but he has some decision-making issues, and um, I don't think he's necessarily someone who would scale down onto a smaller role next to Jaron and Jaw. Um, but he's a, like I said, a really talented scorer, has impressed um, as a tough shot maker, especially early in the year. Um, but those are three wingers that I think could be available in kind of that that mid water or that late lottery or mid team range um, where the Grizzlies will probably be drafting in June. Awesome, yeah. Thanks for that. You can never get started too early. Last year. It it was kind of like, do we want to spend a whole lot of time, you know, watching these guys or not? Because we had that pick that ultimately ended up going to Boston. So it was kind of the one foot in, one foot out as far as, you know, keeping a pulse on a lot of these college basketball players. But now that Memphis has all their draft picks, uh, it's definitely something for fans to keep an eye on uh, going forward this season. Uh, thanks Jackson so much for joining us. Where can, uh, where can everyone find you? And also, you know, got new work that you're working on that you need to plug. Um, so you can find me most of my kind of my, I'll always be posting clips on my Twitter at Jack underscore JJF in my bio. There are links to all the places I write for, including my Patreon, which you mentioned at the beginning of this, this, uh, this show, um, I'm not working on anything draft related at the moment. I'll have a piece out about how I think John Wall fits with the Rockets, um, which is kind of pertinent to the Grizzlies, obviously, the Rockets being in the same division. But mm. um, I'll be putting out some scouting reports across every platform that I'm, that I'm on throughout the year. Um, my Patreon has some film breakdowns from a few guys early in the year. I've written about Kid Cunningham. I've written about Zaire Williams, who I didn't mention yet, but he's another really talented wing from Stanford who should go top, top seven or eight. Um, I've written about Jalen Suggs, so if you want to get kind of an encapsulation of kind of what their teams are. Um, you can find that on Patreon. Um, but yeah, if you're ever just kind of curious about, about guys, I'm always posting clips on my Twitter, um, but the platforms that are linked to my bio are always going to have stuff about the NBA draft and NBA in general for me throughout the, throughout the two seasons and cycles. Yeah, everyone, I highly recommend, uh, following Jackson on Twitter. Like you said, a lot of good clips, a lot of good, uh, analysis for these draft picks. Uh, Jackson, thanks again for joining us. And thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Backdoor Cut Show. As a reminder, you can find us wherever podcasts are and on the Barnburner Podcast Network feed and also the Backdoor Cut Show feed. Thanks, and have a good night.